Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're in Joshua chapter 13. Last time we began to look at the distribution of the territory of the land of Canaan. We looked specifically at the tribe of Reuben and the territory that they were to occupy east of the Jordan River. They had been given their territory by Moses. The stipulation was that all of their fighting warriors had to go into the land of Canaan with the rest of the people of Israel and help them occupy the land. Now in Joshua 13, and starting in verse 24, we read about the tribe of Gad, and then following that, half of the tribe of Manasseh. And the same is true for them. Moses had given them territory beyond the Jordan River in the Transjordan on the eastern side. The stipulation, of course, was that they had to send their warriors over to help possess the land of Canaan. Now that this is all done, they can go back uh, to their own territory. So I'm going to read a little bit here, starting in verse 24. Moses also gave an inheritance to the tribe of Gad, to the sons of Gad, according to their families. And their territory was Jazer and all the cities of Gilead, and half of the land of the sons of Ammon, as far as Aror, which is before uh, Rabbah, and as far as Betonim, and from Mahanaim, as far as the border of Debir, and in the valley Betharim, and Bet-Nimrah, and Sukkot, and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sion, the king of Heshbon, with the Jordan as a border, as far as the lower end of the Sea of Canaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, beyond the Jordan to the east. This is the inheritance of the sons of Gad, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. So remember, as we are listening to what land is being apportioned to which territories. It would have been very exciting for these territories. Of course, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh would have already known about their inheritance. Moses had already apportioned this out to them, but now they get to return and occupy this territory, build houses in this beautiful country, and live there and possess it and make it their home. I want to take a moment to talk about that idea. Uh, we haven't really focused on this yet, but the people of Israel have never really had a place that they could call home. For the past 400 years, they were strangers in the land of Egypt. Now, it was comfortable for them at during the early phase of their time in Egypt. Remember, Joseph is second in command only to Pharaoh by the end of the book of Genesis. And he brings his family, the family of Jacob, down into the land of Egypt. And they live there for some time without uh, being oppressed but it is at the beginning of the book of Exodus that a new Pharaoh comes up and subjugates the people of Israel and puts them into uh, slavery and hard labor. So, But even during that first part of their time in the land of Egypt, uh, they were not in 
their own home. They didn't occupy their own land. They were in the land of the Egyptians. Before that, during the time of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these men lived in the land of Canaan, uh, and at times they possessed portions of the land, uh, but they did not really have a permanent city or settlement within the land. Abraham wandered up and down uh, the ridge route of the central hill country most of his days. The same was true for Isaac and for Jacob as well. They were uh, sheep herders and they wandered back and forth throughout that territory. Um, it came to be their home and their land, but even as such, they were only there really for three generations before being sent down into the land of Egypt. So now, by the time of Joshua, these people of Israel who are coming into Canaan have never really known their own territory. They've never really had anything of a permanent home. Many of them were born in the wilderness as they came out of Egypt and are wandering toward the land of Canaan for 38 years after the Lord cursed them uh, in the wilderness. None of them uh, really understand what it's like to have a, a permanent residence. So we have to keep all of that in mind during these chapters when we hear about the land being distributed to the people of Israel. It would have been very exciting. Uh, you can imagine these people with tears in their eyes hearing about the cities that they're receiving, the territories that they're being given. And the tribe of Gad is, is no different here. Gad is given territory on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Uh, territory that extends all the way up toward uh, the, the lower part of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and on the eastern side of the Jordan there, this land would have been uh, good land for uh, livestock uh, and also for farming at times. Uh, and I want to take a, a moment to go back to uh, Jacob's prophecy for the Gadites in Genesis chapter 49. You recall that Jacob uh, prophesied uh, what would happen to each of his sons uh, while he was uh, about to die on his deathbed. And in Genesis 49 and verse 19, we read this, As for Gad, raiders shall raid him, but he shall raid at their heels. Now, this somewhat uh, mysterious and elusive statement probably has something to do with the nature of the Transjordan. Obviously, Jacob is prophesying uh, beyond his own lifetime, uh, being given uh, understanding of what's going to happen in the future for these tribes from the Lord. Uh, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh on the eastern side of the Jordan River would have been the ones that would have come into contact with many other peoples, uh, first of all, particularly a little bit later in Israel's history when they started to experience oppression from the Assyrians and then from the Babylonians uh, later on. Uh, these areas would have been the first ones to encounter uh, 
um, oppression from other peoples or being raided by other people groups. So I think this verse, uh, Genesis 49, 19, speaks to the nature of uh, where Gad would be situated and some of the difficulties that that tribe would incur as a result of their location there. Now, in, as we go back to Joshua 13, in verses 29 and following, we read about Moses giving an inheritance to half of the tribe of Manasseh. Verse 29, Moses also gave an inheritance to the half-tribe of Manasseh, and it was for the half-tribe of the sons of Manasseh, according to their families. And their territory was from Mahanaim, all Bashan. Bashan is the area, the territory immediately to the east of the Sea of Galilee and extending down to the south of the sea somewhat. All Bashan, all the kingdom of Og, the king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jar, which are in Bashan, 60 cities. Also half of Gilead, with Ashtarot and Edre, the cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan, were for the sons of Machir, the son of Manasseh, for half of the sons of Machir, according to their families. And then the concluding verses of this chapter, these are the territories which Moses apportioned for an inheritance in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho to the east. But the tribe of Levi, Moses did not give an inheritance to the Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance as he had promised to them. So we have this statement, and we've seen it before, that Levi does not receive a proper inheritance because the Lord is their inheritance. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk for a moment about uh, Manasseh, the half-tribe of Manasseh. Uh, this half-tribe of Manasseh settles in the Transjordan, and the other half settles uh, in the Cisjordan on the western side of the uh, Jordan River. Now, if you go back into Genesis chapter 48, we see that Manasseh is one of Joseph's two sons. Manasseh is actually the firstborn son, but is given a less prominent position than Ephraim, the other son. Let me read a couple verses that show this, uh, starting in verse 8 of Genesis 48. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your children as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right and brought them close to him. So what, what Joseph is trying to do is have Jacob put his right hand, the, the position of prominence, on Manasseh's head, and his left hand on Ephraim's head, according to their birth order. 
verse 14. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked before, the God who has been my shepherd all the day, or all my life to this day, the angel has redeemed me from all evil. Bless the lads, and they may they my name live on in them, and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Verse 17, when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him, and he grasped his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know, he shall become a people and he shall be also be great. However, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel shall pronounce blessings, saying, May God make you like, and this is very significant, Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. So Manasseh who should have the, the preeminence, the place of prominence among these uh, two, is given the lesser position, and Ephraim is given the greater position. Now, going back to our passage, uh, Manasseh has a larger territory, uh, as we will see, than Ephraim is given. Manasseh is actually so big that the tribe is given territory on both sides of the Jordan River. But positionally, Ephraim is much more prominent. Ephraim is the tribe from which Joshua comes. Ephraim will be the tribe uh, which houses the kings of the northern kingdom of Israel during the times of the kings. Ephraim will become symbolic for the entire northern kingdom. So, uh, interestingly here, Manasseh, although they are larger, and Manasseh was the firstborn, is given a lesser position. Uh, so, the, the way that things work in the world around us, the order that we think should be given is often not the order that God gives. God sometimes uses the weaker things, the lesser things of this world to shame the strong. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.